the event today. So, and I would very much uh, like to focus on um, what the academic does or what the academic thinks or how the academic conceptualizes aspects or the entirety of the phenomenon that we'll be talking about today. And uh, which, um, for the time that this study that I will share the findings with you was conducted, the term assessment was sort of capturing the understanding of what that thing is, online mediated based assessment. So therefore it's been reported in the, in the paper that has been published in assessment and evaluation higher education as such, the assessment. Um, I'm, I'm happy to go with online assessment. Um, unfortunately in this presentation we're not going to have time to discuss online versus digital and what's the relationship uh, between those two. Um, uh, and it's, it's very interesting, however, how academics who are not necessarily heavily involved in the, the, the debates and the discussions around online assessment are aware of some of the nuances of this relationship between uh, the online and, and the digital. So, <coughs> often I jump onto the results in hopes of warming up the room and uh, avoiding people waiting to, to hear what this thing is about. So, so this was a, a, a phenomenographic study. So what does phenomenography do? Phenomenography looks at the variation in which uh, individuals, academics, um, um, or academic teachers, if you like, in this um, case, experience and understand aspects of the same phenomenon. So variation was, was the key sort of focus of, of the um, investigation. Um, and through iterative analysis of, of the transcripts, four categories of description were produced that, that sort of captured that variation from less advanced to more advanced conceptions of the phenomenon. Phenomenography does not make judgments necessarily. It's capturing collective meaning as this is assigned by the people who experience that, all right? So um, e-assessment was seen as a means of managing and streamlining the assessment process, again in a university set setting, formal education uh, kind of thing. Um, moving on to e-assessment as a means of promoting engagement and dialogue, uh, mostly but not exclusively with students. Uh, and from there to e-assessment as a means of enhancing learning um, and the most advanced conceptions conception uh, academics accounts were talking about e-assessment as a means of community and identity building there's a digital bit there digital identity uh, Now, um, I've, I've got a sort of serious academic bit about the literature uh, and what I started reading before conducting this study. So, um, I, I, was, I was talking earlier about how under-researched aspects of online assessment is, but this goes back to assessment itself, historically, playing catch-up 
with, with how much we explore teaching and all learning. Okay. So I think in a way, the, the, the relatively less research about online mediated assessment reflects the, what historically has been less research, or belated research, if you like, on assessment. Okay, so um, some some uh, work for Professor Entwistle, I can't believe I'm in Edinburgh, I'm presenting, I'm mentioning his name. Mm -hmm. I emailed him when I was a master's student, asking a little bit of time advice on my, on my master's, and he came back with a very long email. I will never forget that. So perhaps it's an occasion to honour his, his um, absolutely fantastic work. Um, so a little bit of work, uh, perhaps he didn't do that very well, uh, but he did sort of um, flag up that uh, the, the perhaps the contrasted conceptions of teaching which tend to hold corresponding views on assessment, not very much of the empirical evidential base of the just just a sort of um, an aftermath, if you like, on, on the big work on approaches to teaching. Um, now, some, some work after that, looking at a continuum of conceptions, ranging from an emphasis of knowledge reproduction to um, uh, an emphasis on knowledge construction and transformation. So this was this was more on the phenomenography influenced or shaped sort of understandings of what teaching and learning is as a relational matter in in in, uh, in higher education, right? And um, and and then you also have some some more recent. Perhaps we're exploring, in particular, the backwash effect of assessment and the relationship between teaching and assessment. Um, and then a, a great deal of work in, in Australia looking at conceptions of um, teaching, e-teaching, uh, learning design and so on. Um, more, more detail about, uh, by Gonzalez, um, perhaps, on... Um, uh, in this regard, but they, they left assessment out altogether. Um, so there wasn't much on, on uh, work on variation, what are the qualitatively different ways of uh, experiencing online assessment or e-assessment and so on. And, and once I gave a presentation, and which I felt it went quite well, and at the end somebody stood up and looked rather annoyed. So when I invited a question, I said, but what was the research question? And then since then, I have a separate slide just for the research question. So this, is, this was the research question. What are the qualitatively? The emphasis is all on qualitatively, right? So that, that what are the qualitatively different ways in which um, academics experience and understand um, e-assessment? Now, as I said, there was the... the, the literature academic bit and there was also my motivation in working in academic development and, and seeing people to struggle with what the university expects them to do, what the technology expects them to do, uh, what their program leader expects them to do, what their head of department expects them to do, what their students expect from them and the kind of the academic getting lost in that and, but also the discourses around that. 
Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to get into technological determinism, what's, what's the role of technology in higher education, but I, what I would say was there was no space to think about what the academic does and what the academic thinks about doing these things. So that was, that was one thing. The other thing, of course, was, was a, a, um, the premise was that unless you identify what the awareness of that thing is, you can't really transform, change it. I, like the words are a little bit tricky in that sense. I wouldn't necessarily advocate that we want academics to change um, staff assessment, e-assessment. Uh, but, but I hope you understand what, what the kind of thinking behind that is, that unless we, we capture what the conceptions are, what are the ways of thinking about it, we can't make much of the progress. And, and also, I've been, I've been really influenced about the, the sort of dichotomy be, between espouse and enacted values, uh, which in the literature is, um, at least there's one study that sort of supports that, uh, that gap, that mismatch, uh, is wider when it comes to assessment practices. And this was something that anecdotally um, I would see um, as well. And finally, the last point was, was my bias, if you like, um, on what I think technology uh, in assessment is good for. And my bias is that we should be hoping, possibly, to um, get rid of summative assessment altogether and have uh, technology underpinning and supporting a continuously evolving formative process. Okay, and that's what I think the, the sort of uh, big opportunity with learning analytics looks sort of kind of missed or not quite. That's where initially I thought the promise that learning analytics was. I mean, I'm not really following the learning analytics development, uh, but um, as I said, A, the distinction between formative and summative assessment is somehow artificial, is a construction. Okay, there's no summative assessment, but there's no um, involved some some sort of formative feedback, formative process, and then within formal education settings, each formative bit effort feedback uh, is aiming at a summative a summation of something, right? A value, a so there's it's it, I think. It's important to sort of see them as one thing and not necessarily compartmentalize it, despite what a university exec, uh, exec would want us to do, or a certain academic developer would want us to do, or a colleague who thinks they know what formative assessment is wants us to do. Okay, in that respect, that's where I see the promise of uh, technology and assessment to sort of fading at fade out the, the summative a bit and strengthen uh, the formative. So I didn't want to impose this on, on my study participants, which I, I, I thoroughly interviewed, uh, up to 70 minutes, one of them. So the sample was 21. And I put 35 years because on two occasions with two professors, I chose to include uh, computerized assessment as I felt, it, it, 
was a different thing um, that they, but they reported it in the interviews. So I thought it was it was important to to include this sort of experience pre pre internet, starting from as early as the mid eighties or early eighties. And then there was just a range of um, the sampling aimed at maximizing variation in their experience, and it wasn't a re representation, right? Now, um, I hope this is not too overwhelming. So I chose, A, not to distinguish formative and summative, and, and B, not to be totally agnostic about... The, the platform or the medium. So as long as they reported that they felt that that was the assessment or online-based assessment, that was reported and included. So, the, so there's, there's, the, obviously there was quite a lot of electronic management of assessment, which was either turned it in independently or integrated within the LMS VLE. Um, but then uh, academics being always very creative creatures, they they did all sort of stuff on Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, within um, a, a MOOC or a um, various uses of uh, MCQs, discussion threads, and so on. As I said, I didn't want to exclude any experiences and I didn't want to impose uh, descriptions of what they're expected to talk about or what constitutes the assessment, right? And, and this is the, the disciplinary uh, or field background of, of the people uh, who took part of it. Oh, I, I used applied pure and soft hard distinction and located not only the, the discipline or the field, but how it was taught and what was taught about. So I took that into account to sort of locate them. Um, so you see there was quite a bit of applied disciplines, but also lots of abstract sociological, linguistic, and so on. They did have a laptop uh, in front of them, so, um, and there was, so they could just open and, and show me. Um, and uh, so I'm going back to the results now. So, so for the first category, uh, e-assessment was seen as a means of managing and efficiently managing and streamlining the assessment process. So things that matter and were like very um, strongly evident in these accounts were accessibility, transparency, clarity, fairness of so technology supports the pursuit of fairness and consistency, assigning value to students great with accuracy, testing them with accuracy, testing knowledge, tracking, monitoring what they're doing, and quite strongly, as you would expect, detection. <coughs> now, from, from there, in the, in the second category, there, there was a lot about what was central was feedback, again enhancing clarity and transparency, but technology and the assessment processes or formats supporting that um, were about clar clarity and transparency of the communication <coughs> rather than the assessment process as a whole. 
Um, and also, what was really important in these accounts was that uh, establishing teacher presence. So, a particularly formative aspect of, of the assessment, right? That does technology helps us to demonstrate to the students that we're present. And also to encourage student engagement and attendance. Now, so so the the third category. So, um, the assessment as a means of enhancing student learning. Now, again, there's emphasis on feedback as in category B, but. They clearly describe it as constructive, developmental, and linked to learning. So there's an explicit understanding. There's, there are explicit accounts that see feedback as part of, of student learning. Um, they would also see assessment as, as a means of developing ideas and skills. And here in this account is where we have the first sort of... Um, um, fragments, if you like, of the idea that assessment through technology can be negotiated. So, so the, 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 the assessment process itself becomes uh, negotiable. Um, and also an understanding that through the assessment you can enhance learning and that might contribute to the course-wide uh, student experience. But the focus is, is, is clearly on student learning. And then, in the last one, the category D, this is where, where ideas that people who are into technology, the like, back then you used to talk about wisdom of the crowd, collective wisdom, and all this, which did show up here. So it's the idea that e-assessment perhaps is a repository of collective wisdom, that we can all benefit from, and the benefit of that is um, can be personal, uh, or can be for the group, the corporate, the university, or society. Okay, um, and ideas around that was e-assessment relating to um, students' autonomy, how through assessment they can develop this autonomy, particularly online spaces. Um, Serving the university's mission as a public institution, uh, citizenship, uh, good professionals, uh, co-authoring assessment, um, and, and very much about collabora collaboration and sharing of experiences. Now, um, so this this is boring for monographic staff. Uh, this is the structure of the conception, what it is about, and what is the meaning attached. So you see, in the first two categories, the focus really is on, on technology itself, either as a means of efficiency, uh, and management, or uh, as a means of engaging um, uh, engagement and dialogue. It's not related, however, to learning, which is the explicit focus of, of the third category, kind of learning perspective, and obviously in the fourth, a very clear um, collective, collective perspective. Now, um, I'm 
I would just like to sort of narrow down a little bit on, on these ideas of collaboration and, and benefit, which I think are just we, we don't hear about much. Um, so these, these are the dimensions of variation, what makes a particular account moving from a less advanced to, to a less advanced. So they uh, exist in all categories, but they have different meaning. So, so the important dimensions were, was what the teacher assessor does, <coughs> what the student, the, the, the assessed person does, what's the role of the medium, or perhaps the, the, this, yeah, the, the, or the format in, in some case of assessment. What is the benefit of the assessment? What is the relationship between the assessment and teaching learning? Uh, there was more emphasis on learning rather than teaching and I'm going to stop there, I'm not going to continue. Uh, and what is the level, purpose, and quality of uh, collaboration in the assessment? So what, so what was found in that variation was it wasn't just about collaboration, but it was also about um, aspects of collaboration. So uh, the red one is are the ones I, I would like to sort of talk you through a little bit more. Um, in my view, this is, this is massively important as well. So what's the relationship of online mediated assessment to teaching and learning? And obviously, if you've got these very promising academics who do everything well and their uh, course module evaluation score is always 10 out of 10, they would always say that, yeah, it's internal and we cannot separate them and all these assessment processes support good teaching and learning. However, that's not reality, right? Uh, what is reality is that is this, this technically, I mean, I report meaning here, collective meaning, but obviously can to some extent be individualized, as in I colleagues who feel that all this assessment stuff is something that's external to teaching and learning, that's not related to all colleagues who understand and believe that the experience is internal, however they act <coughs> or they perform on the job as if it is external. Okay? Now, uh, so, so what was most striking in terms of the benefit of the assessment, um, in my view, was is that we normally talk in terms of who benefits uh, rather than what is the benefit. So from that particular perspective, what was for granted, if you like, was what is the benefit of the assessment. So the war, there were not any uh, polarised, absolute, very clear accounts of oh, the academic benefits or the, 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 um, the university administration benefits. It was more about some ideas about that benefit. So, so in category one, the benefit was seen in terms of access, flexibility, organisation and efficiencies. In category two, as I said, clarity of communication and extending assessment. So there was that idea that you can do certain things in the lecture uh, room, but then there's the potential, if you like, the technology, the benefit to extend and enrich uh, that um, uh, student participation, attendance and engagement. Uh, the benefit is seen in terms of skills and developments of an idea in the third category and in the, full, in the fourth one uh, 
more, it's more about professional careers, personal growth, civil engagement, and sometimes the development of the corporate as a, as a whole. So you have an online space, and if you give formative feedback through that, then that can contribute to this kind of development. Now, um, so, so in terms of collaboration, uh, I, thi I think there was something about the quality that in less limited conceptions it was seen as transactional, whereas in the more, more advanced there was some relationship established and there were people involved and invested uh, in that process. But uh, also there was a, a quite clear understanding of that might uh, what, what's, what's the purpose of that? What that might support? Okay, and you see sort of the, the variation there across four categories. Um, and also the, the level of collaboration, which was typically low in the Lesterbank conception, and mostly coming from the teacher to the student or from the university administration to the teacher or to the student, and getting more uh, higher, higher and, and multi-directional in, in uh, the more advanced conceptions. Now, um, I, I can sort of... Now, this is, this is the, the lovely academic development stuff. That's a, the distinction I spoke about, external, internal, and I think one, one of uh, possibly the contributions of this piece of work. Uh, perhaps we could be talking about cohesive and fragmented conceptions of uh, how academics experience and understand uh, online assessment and higher education. Um, obviously it's clear to me that these conceptions represent and, and sort of incrementally advance a agency against the structure, so they throw a turn it in at you and what you do with that sort of represents that advancement, uh, if, if that's clear at all. This, clearly the structures are rigid and uh, very well fortified. The institutions spend a lot. Um, and the, the teachers may engage with the same assessment task platform format. <coughs> but they may think differently about it and therefore produce or achieve qualitatively different outcomes. Again, each one of uh, the academics in the group might have to deal with Turnitin or something else, but they might see it as plagiarism detection or they might see it as a means of producing formative developmental feedback, or they might see it as testing how accurate the acquired knowledge was. But it's really important to think about it, and it's really important to, to sort of factor that in when, when you deal with academics and what they, um, how they can work with these technologies. Now, this is the reference to, to the paper. I'm happy to share these slides. Um, I, I very much hope that there are some links with the other presentations that, that kind of, sort of warmed you up a little bit. And I don't know how much time we've got for discussion or questions. Thank you very much.